I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast Half Full Editor. Joining me as always is my colleague and co-host, David Wanderich. How are you, Dave? Doing just fine. Yourself? <laughs> I am very excited. We have a real treat, a real special guest for the episode today, Nick Offerman, uh, known um, as his character Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec, the amazing TV show. Uh, Nick is a scotch lover, a woodworker. Can't wait to chat with him about all things single malt and what he's up to. Welcome, Nick. Thank you for, for joining us today. Uh, we appreciate it. Welcome. My pleasure. You and I had talked about this a few years ago, but you know, maybe you could walk you know, our, our listeners through how you discovered Lagavulin and out of all of the, all the great universe of whiskeys out there. I um, grew up in a small town in Illinois, and in really every way except maybe tools, uh, hand tools, I, w- I was culturally ignorant. I, I uh, in the seventies and eighties, you know, I just got what was on the three main TV stations. I could only get like pop radio from Chicago. I'd have to stay up late at night on Saturdays to to record music that I could break dance by on my, <laughs> my jam box. And, and similarly, when I got old enough to start consuming alcohol, only the biggest domestic brands were available at the gas station. I mean, there was a liquor store in town, but my family wasn't really that deep into it. You know, farmers yeah. just haul around a cooler full of beer. And so by the time I got to college, uh, a pint of Guinness was the most exotic, astonishing beverage. Like I would, I would drive an hour out of my way to find a bar that had a, a draft uh, Guinness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, it, on a special occasion, I would, uh, I come from Irish and Scotch lineage. And so I would maybe ask for a Jameson's. Um, but it was, you know, whiskey was not really part of my life. And then in my late 20s, I was at a Chicago film festival and a much more sophisticated friend of mine named Scott King, a filmmaker. We, we had a couple hours to kill between movies. And he said, let me buy you a nice glass of scotch. And I said, OK, great. I've, I've read about scotch and I've, I've seen it consumed in the plays of Eugene O'Neill and uh, <laughs> let's see what all the fuss is about. So he bought me a glass of Lagavulin 16 and that was, you know, 1998 or nine. And I had just said, holy cow. <laughs> I mean, it was like, uh, I still remember. I said, I mean, I said to him, this is, it's like a campfire in a glass. It's so yeah. warming and charming and evocative. And it knocked me uh, on my rear end and 
And so then, you know, after that, uh, as, as my life began to, to involve more and more occasions to consume something like a single malt, I would say, well, I, there's this, I know this one that I really like. And I had no idea as I traveled through the years that I had landed upon my favorite, uh, Mm -hmm. for, for whatever reason, um, even as it became the the drink of choice for Ron Swanson on Parks and Recreation, and I was afforded the opportunity to try, you know, the the full spectrum of single malts. Uh, I've I've never been a very picky connoisseur. I, if if we have whiskey to drink, I'm I'm gonna be pretty happy about it. But if I have my druthers and there's Lagavulin behind the bar, that's what I'll ask for. Well, I think you were pretty lucky, to be honest, since, you know, in the late 90s, Lagavulin was certainly not as widely as available as it is today. And yeah. just the whole single malt craze was sort of getting started. So the odds of finding that so, you know, readily is it was it was almost meant to be, you know, like it found you <laughs> almost, uh, it seems. And that, that, that friend did you a, a, a real a real favor. And now you've gone to Lagavulin several times, right? To to actually visit the holy ground that is, is Lagavulin. I have. When we uh, started using it regularly on Parks and Rec, it also turned out serendipitously to be the favorite scotch of Mike Schur, the, the main creator of Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Incredible. That's how it became Ron Swanson's scotch is because it was the <laughs> Boston scotch. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works. Yeah, it is. And and <laughs> when we began using it with regularity, at some point we said, you know, have we heard from Lagavulin? Like, <laughs> yeah. these people, generous amount of uh, of basically product placement um, unsolicited. And, and it turns out that we hadn't and that, you know, it was an obscure enough situation. Mm-hmm. That they, they were far enough away that uh, it took us reaching out to them Again, through some crazy zeitgeist movement, the uh, bucolic rural um, comedy, Parks and Recreation, had to pack our bags and go to London if we wanted to keep Chris Pratt in like season five <laughs> because he had been cast in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Right. okay. The show was very open handed. Uh, some shows are very miserly <laughs> where, where they say you're in, on my show so if martin scorsese wants you you tell him to take a hike because you belong to me it's like the old studio system sure i mean and, and it it makes sense in an old-fashioned way but our young and open-minded administration took the opposite tack and said if they want to make you uh star lord on guardians of the galaxy that's only going to help parks and recreation that's just smart yeah it is i mean it, the old mentality the granddad mentality comes from the days when i don't want you on an abc show when you're on my nbc show right. because people can only watch one thing at a time right it was a zero-sum game at the time right and it's not anymore so we you know said okay chris you can go become the biggest uh, movie star in the world. (laughs) And we still want you on our show. So we're going to bring the show (laughs) to London, (laughs) England, where you're shooting Guardians of the Galaxy. And one dilemma the writers had was Ron has been very vocal about his dislike of Europe. 
So what are we going to do with Ron? <laughs> right. In Europe, and they said, well, there is one thing that he that he loves, and that is Lagavulin. So they came up with the idea for Leslie Nope, for Amy Poehler's character, to make him a scavenger hunt that ended up at the distillery. And I had, you know, I had become pretty fascinated with it. I had looked up the island of Isla, mm -hmm. which is a small remote island off the northwest coast of Scotland. A very wet one. It's very wet. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it just when you look it up, especially from Los Angeles, you're like, uh, it doesn't seem like a place I'm ever going to get to. I mean, well, I, I think part of the problem is that I'm not sure that they get TV on the island, so they may not have <laughs> actually seen Park and Rex there. So oh. until you brought a VHS cassette of it, that's then right. They, then they could or beta even better. They could watch. We brought it. actually millimeter uh, film also works very yeah. well. It was yeah. a reel to reel. Yeah, reel to reel. We, we we projected it on the side of the sheep barn. <laughs> we went there uh, with our TV crew, and it you know it was uh, if you're a Lagavulin fan, it was finally getting your mom and dad to take you to Disneyland, right. <laughs> and uh, and they actually have a it's, it was very similar to Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Once I tasted a couple drams of like 1967, unbelievable. Did they? Uh... Make you shovel peat in the rain and uh, do all that stuff that they do up there? They didn't make me do that. But in the subsequent years uh, that we keep making these uh, these humorous mm -hmm. advertisements for them, one of them was me uh, cutting peat, which yeah. was fascinating. It's a brutal job, though. It is for sure. You know, it's the kind of thing that's uh, it's fun to do for 15 minutes. But yeah. if that... If that becomes your nine to five, I'd start reading books. I, I remember going to one uh, distillery and they thought it'd be funny if they gave me all the parts of a barrel to assemble. And they said, okay, why don't you, uh, let's, <laughs> let's time you and you can, uh, and you know, they, they, they move the barrels around. Like it's like, you know, they weigh like five pounds, but obviously they're incredibly heavy. And they thought it was really funny for me to struggle to put all the staves in, in the hoops and everything, which is. I'm sure. I'm sure it was funny for them alone, and I'm I'm glad they didn't have such a sense of humor at Lagavulin. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I've been enjoying the new season of Making It, um, you know, your, your show with Amy Poehler about crafting and all the, the challenges. Uh, you know, Dave and I, you know, were wondering, you know, Will there be a challenge with a barrel? Uh, you know, will there be one where people have to make furniture out of a barrel? Will they have to recreate the barrel? Uh, there was a cookie challenge. I was a little disappointed to see, and it wasn't a barrel challenge along these lines, but um, I have hopes for later in, in the season. Well, thank you. I, I really love our show making it. It's uh, it's such a good-hearted uh cheerleading session for encouraging people to make things with their loved ones and to make things with their hands 
you know, be be less materialistic consumers and more self-sufficient here, here. Uh, citizens and neighbors. Um, I hear you on the uh, on the barrel challenge for sure, and it's uh, it kind of falls into the conundrum that I've been dealing with as long as uh, I've you know been lucky enough to to get work on TV, uh, and, and people know that I'm a woodworker. I've been I've been fielding offers to combine woodworking and television, and the problem is I I actually did a show uh, 20 years ago for Courtney Cox and David Arquette, uh, who used to be married, and uh, they produced a, a show on the Women's Entertainment Network or the Women's Entertainment Channel um, called Mix It Up. And it was like a trading spaces kind of okay. home decorating yeah. show. And I was their wisecracking carpenter. <laughs> okay. For a season. <laughs> yeah, and it, was, it was really fun. And, uh, and I loved a lot about it. But what I hated was, you know, you just do the math of like, each episode was five days. So on Monday, you go into somebody's living room and a designer says, okay, uh, here's Nick. And, you know, I, I fall down and make people laugh. And they say, can you give me some crown molding? Can we build an entertainment center? And can you give me like a, a live edge coffee table? And of course, I would say, well, of course. Uh, and then they would say, okay, cut. Okay, Nick, you have three days because we, we have to finish the furniture. The painter <laughs> has to get it. We have to shoot the finished room on Friday. And and so the, another detail was on a show like Trading Spaces and all these, you know, these successful HGTV shows, they have a shop in a semi that rolls up next to the house. Right. And then and then they invariably have four to 11 extra sets of hands who are building everything while Ty Pennington is like cracking wise. And then he drives the last screw and he's like, what do you think about this? Queen Anne High Boy that I made. <laughs> Meanwhile, George Nakashima is making the live edge table in the, the yeah. semi. Yeah, know. exactly. I was so embarrassed of all the furniture I made for that show because it was like scenery. It wasn't like yeah. furniture. Right. It was slapped together with air nails, and it was all the facade of decor. And also, it gives people the idea that this stuff is, is easy and takes no time at all. Right. It's not. It's the exact opposite of any woodworker knows. that's just it everything about a tv schedule is the opposite of why i am a woodworker right. the whole point is that i can take my time and it's it's nice and quiet and so i uh i don't think i think anything that we would make out of a barrel would just take too long simply i mean i have seen uh, a french cooper make a barrel from scratch in under an hour holy cow i know I was an animal. It was a machine. It was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. In my uh, self-education as a woodworker, I've gone through a lot of, obviously, forms of joinery and furniture styles, and then uh, small boats, built, which led to a couple canoes. Right now, I'm building instruments, uh, ukuleles on my way to guitars. One of the things I looked at was, oh, uh, barrels are a, a huge you know, uh, and charismatic chapter of woodworking. So I read a couple books on, on coopering. And what I quickly learned was it's an astonishing skill set that uh, 
requires way too much discipline and time. Like if you if you're gonna learn to be a proper cooper, uh, that's it. Back in the day, the the head cooper at a distillery made more money than the distillery manager. Holy you know, that's a skill that you can't get around. You if, know? The, if the barrels all start leaking, that's it. I mean, it doesn't matter how good the yeah, whiskey is. It. It's you know, you'll, nobody will yeah. have any to drink. Exactly. I was talking with the uh, head cooper at Jameson once, and he was his uh, fourth or fifth generation, and he was showing me his dad's tools, and all the handles were worn like almost all the way through from 80 years practically. His dad uh, lived a very long time and and used those tools his whole career from when he was an apprentice. You know, and just to hold these things is like to spend that much time perfecting a craft like that is so impressive. And it's such an unsung uh, heroic job. You know, the the person responsible for successfully uh, sealing casks of Jameson my way of thinking deserves a spot on Mount Rushmore yeah, right. much more than any politician. You know, years ago, I wanted to start a political party for people who could do things with their hands. That was the only qualification. Could be playing a musical instrument. You know, it could be but just something. You have to be able to do something. You know, show us that you can, you know, build a set of shelves or, 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 or anything like that. Just you don't have to be great at it, but you just have to be able to do it. Because uh, I think that's a party that would get along better than, than any of the ones we got now. Oh yeah, with which I'm not very much impressed. But uh, so we're we're here to seek your your nomination, Nick. We we want you to run next year as, as the main <laughs> candidate for this. Well, I I I would agree to to a consultancy. Uh, <laughs> I do like the sound of that because people who make things with their hands. That's that's the connection our society has lost with nature. Yeah. yeah. Is that by by simply purchasing consumer goods, we no longer have to think about where did this come from. Uh, we presume the people who made this and who sourced the ingredients are going to be cool <laughs> <laughs> with, with the forests and the soil and the watershed. Yeah. And it turns out we're finding that not everyone is actually cool, and so. When we make things with our hands, we then have to know where did this wood come from? Was it sustainably harvested? Are these people being cool to the rainforest, et cetera? One of the most amazing things is when, you know, so many of the whiskey barrels used around the world start off in America, right? They're, they're new barrels we use. They're filled. And I love whatever country I'm in or even a brewery in other parts of the country, and you see the old bourbon barrels, right? And, and occasionally you can see what distillery they came from, right? Sometimes they're sanded off if, depending upon the, the barrel broker, but it's always cool to take a photo and be like, Hey, uh, buddy, you know where I just found your barrel? Like it's all the way, like on the other side of the world. And they're like, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That one we used that. I know that barrel stamp that was from, you know, four years ago, you know, whatever it was, or that was before we had our fire. Like, that's incredible that that barrel's there. You know, it's, it's it's one of these things where these each one sort of tells a real story, and obviously the wood carries that within within its fibers. Every oak tree, you know, is going to bring a different uh, shade of personality. Oh, for sure. We've seen more and more distillers and brands kind of playing with this idea of local oak species, and whether one brand once did a thing where you know they only wanted trees on the shady side since the grain mm -hmm. would be different. So. 
whiskey is all about the woods. So, I mean, I don't know if, if Lagvulin understood when they when they started their relationship with you that in many ways you embody both parts of the whiskey making process because yeah. <laughs> it's so much yeah. about the wood. I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that they kind of understood that either. And it's 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 nice because it's something I never imagined when we started that we would then continue for what has become uh, several years of, of our relationship. And we're still getting to unfold it. Uh, yeah. it's, I certainly never dreamed in a million years that they would, you know, create a product that would have my name and, and likeness on the bottle. <laughs> Kind of awesome. <laughs> just seems bananas. Well, there there aren't many. I mean, even with I mean, there's a whole Academy Awards of celebrities who are now involved in spirits, but very few of them actually bear the person's name. I mean, I think it's you know mm -hmm. Frank Sinatra had you know there's one for him. There's uh, you know there there are very you know a few very few. There's uh, the Paul uh, you know Paul Roger has the Winston Churchill cuvee. You know. And then there's the Nick Offerman, you know, edition. And it's, yeah. it's, there aren't many others. I mean, it's kind of incredible. The big three. Yeah, exactly. You, Churchill, <laughs> and John Wayne, too, I think is the fourth one so that I know of. So it's uh, the four of you. Achieve a level of elocution that would allow me to, like, get paying gigs in Chicago on stage. That was my goal. And so even just getting to... Uh, become a Screen Actors Guild member and move to Los Angeles. That was already exceeding my my hopes <laughs> and expectations. Yeah. Then, uh, right at the end of my twenties, about a year after my first log of ruling, I met Megan doing a play. My wife, and uh, and every everything since then for about the last twenty twenty years has been just hilarious frosting. Where um. I thought I had peaked uh, at about 30 and then um, I got cast as Ron Swanson and then my life changed so drastically, including uh, this um, incredibly fortunate relationship with my favorite single malt scotch. You brought up Megan and obviously she is one of the world's most famous martini drinkers, obviously for her role as, as Karen on will and grace and and i i always hope that you and her you know every night there are like nick and nora charles and the thin man movies that the two of you you know shake up a big picture of martinis and <laughs> lag volan but i don't know if that's true i mean that's my that's my hope does that take place or uh well it's uh i don't want to i don't want to spoil your reverie so uh <laughs> spoil away i kind of want to leave it as a Maybe, kid. <laughs> um, <laughs> Megan has never had a martini in her life. Oh. Um, she uh, she's a star of Broadway and an, yeah. an incredible singer. She has a band called Nancy and Beth that's astonishing, and so she's like an athlete in that. Specifically, you know, as a performer, she takes care of her instrument, including her mm. body and her voice. But specifically, as a as a top notch uh, Broadway singer, she quit using alcohol uh, many years ago to like protect her pipes. Yeah. And I, um, if I ate and drank like my characters, uh, I I would no longer be alive. I mean, they uh, they have a super heroic 
ability to consume not only scotch, but red meat and, and beer and you name it. Bacon. My, my cardiologist, uh, I, I would have put three kids through college. If, <laughs> Ron Swanson, but that's that's the pleasure of a fictional character. We yeah. can all, you know, we love to watch Karen drink a martini mm-hmm. and Ron, you know, eat a platter of, of bacon wrapped shrimp because we can't. <laughs> well, I, I think people have the same kind of, uh, obviously to a lesser degree, but but when they find out or they meet Dave Wondrich or myself, they assume that you know we are. Is one long happy hour, you know, from eight a.m. till we go yeah, to we sleep, wake and, up with, and and there's the martini shaker, at right? It's a you know eye opener followed by a midday drink, and it's like we're not Winston Churchill, so you know we yeah. you know to get our work done, it's it's I often have to burst a lot of bubbles about the reality of of even being a, a drinks expert that we don't get to drink twenty four seven, and there are some days that we don't drink anything. I mean, it's nobody pays yeah. me to drink. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's true in my business as well. People often, if you are smoking a bong in a movie, or mm-hmm. or even if even if Ron is drinking in his office, you know, you're working uh, in the middle of a twelve hour day on a on a very high end professional job. You're not, and you're doing you know anywhere from six to ten takes of a scene. You're not going to sit there and drink. <laughs> six double scotches uh as much as people want that to be yeah the way things work uh for sure and you guys too and especially when you're young you can handle things a little more and then as we as we approach the autumn of our years it's like maybe i can write this article about this wine without drinking a magnum (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not this morning anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there another lagavulin project like in the works without you know revealing too much or reveal as much as you want but um you know are there are there more do you think that we'll see more um offerman editions coming out well offerman edition 2.0 the guinness cask finish just came out a month ago, a few weeks ago. Right around Father's Day, yeah. Doing great, it's selling really well. And uh, I'm given to understand everybody's very happy. And so the possibility has been floated of another go around. So I'd say we're, in, we're staunchly in the maybe realm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, like I said, I just keep minding my manners, uh, hoping they won't notice that I'm still at the party. They're like, oh, you're. Oh gosh, we should uh, we should get this guy a sandwich. Um, <laughs> and so I'm always uh, I should say by the way, there's two guys from Parks and Recreation, uh, two of our main producers named Morgan Sackett and Dean Holland. They were there, you know, for for everything. If you love Parks and Rec, you have them to thank much more than me. And they uh, are the brains behind most of these these commercials that we make together. So it's something that we we sort of keep alive some of the Parks and Rec gang and have a lot of fun together. And so we've been talking about ideas for for what might happen. We're always exploring the the limits of how how much and by what method you can char a cask. Right. Mm-hmm. How smoky is too smoky, you know, um, yeah. 
and and also you know now that we've we've gone into the realm of finishing our beautiful liquid in casks of other beautiful liquids you know we're tossing around ideas and spitballing and frankly i'm i'm so they're so generous to include me and in this version my dad as well we did all of these uh zoom testings and you know sort of laboratory style mixologies with Stuart Gordon, who's the, the the brains of the outfit over in Glasgow. We're a couple of uh, laborers from Illinois, me and my dad, and the fact that they they let us taste glass A, B, and C, and we say, well, if I had to pick one, I'll take B, you know? Mm-hmm. And they say, thank you for your discerning palate, and we say, <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. Uh, you know, most people aren't fancy either. I mean, there's in Scotland. There's nobody more down to earth. You know, those yeah. people are. They're they, they don't they don't come at this with a uh, a high hatted approach. No, no, that's that's true. And uh, and I that, maybe that's why I identify with them so yeah. so powerfully. I think it's often I think mind blowing to them when when you come and you say. No, no, like every bar in New York, like they sell your stuff, like every liquor store. And it's like, they're like, no, I don't, I don't believe that. You know, I, I know you were doing your tour um, before the pandemic. Will, will you pick up the comedy tour again? Will we see like a, another season of that? Uh, that's a great question. I, I definitely was crushed. I was like, right when the pandemic, when the lockdown happened in March of 2020, I was supposed to go play a bunch of dates in England and then for the first time in my career, play a bunch of European cities. Uh, I, I had only played around, you know, England and Scotland and Ireland and Australia and New Zealand, but to play like Stockholm and Reykjavik and, and Oslo, I mean, oh my God. And Megan was going to come with me, you know, it was going to be a really dreamy, romantic uh clumsy comedy tour that went away um at the moment i'm lucky that i I am getting to do a couple acting jobs so i mean i think the the brief answer is yes there will be more touring as a humorist but i'm not sure when it's something it's it's one of my weird problems is in my circus i get to spin enough plates Mm-hmm. And there's a woodworking shop. I'm writing a book that's coming out this fall called Where the Deer and the Antelope Play. Uh, I'm working on, you know, plum acting roles. And so the, one of the plates is is touring, like writing stupid, funny songs and touring as a humorist. And the trick of that is you have to, you have to book your theaters, ideally like a year in advance. And so lacing it all together is a constantly shifting uh, uh, sort of river delta that's yeah. always eroding and uh, and finding new currents. So in brief, yes, there will be more. Uh, and uh, when when I know, you'll know. You pair your concert tour with a pub tour, and uh, <laughs> hopefully we can meet up in uh, one of the pubs over, over Glasses Wide Wood. That sounds like the best idea I've heard this month. Who <laughs> cheers? Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks, you guys. It's really a privilege, and uh, I look forward to talking to you more because I'm a fan of your expertise. Thank you. 
Cheers. 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 Dave and I encourage you to drink responsibly always. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.